the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Well, is it criticism or racism? That's the question today. Of course, it's always possible that it could be both, but here's how it works with Democrats and liberals, which, of course, is the same thing. If you, or more specifically, if Donald Trump criticizes a person of color, it must be racism. Um, by now, you've heard about his tweet yesterday. He said he found it interesting that liberal Democrat congresswomen who constantly criticize the country don't go back to their original countries and fix the problems and then come back and tell us how it's done. Problem, of course, is that all the women he was talking about, except one, were born in America. So he took heat for telling people to leave the country, which is OK. Maybe that wasn't the smartest thing to do, but. The media and the Democrats, I know, uh, the same thing, but the media and the Democrats immediately went right for the race card because the women he seemed to be referring to are women of color. Here's the problem. We've reached the point where it's not possible to criticize a person of color without being called a racist. The four women that he was talking about, and uh, he said so today, by the way, he doubled down on this, the four women are the most anti-American and anti-Israel members of Congress. They've been in office for, what, six months? They've called the detention camps concentration camps, which is ridiculous. But when they call them concentration camps, they make sure to point out that the reason the conditions are so bad is because, first of all, it's Trump's fault, but it's because the people who are being held don't look like Trump. Uh, there's always the chance that there is some racism involved, but... How about giving some consideration to the chance that the four women he referred to are idiots who would ruin the country if they ever were completely in charge, which is really scary to think about. And how about the chance that the conditions at the border are a result of overcrowding and because of where the people originated, they don't look like Donald Trump. And, you know, it's also possible, but nobody wants to talk about it, it seems, uh, that this, this all existed under Obama, and it's all because of the uh, over this overwhelming number of people surging toward the border here lately, which Trump tried to warn people about, and nobody wanted to listen to, at least nobody on the Democratic side. Anyway, the liberals and most of the Democrats and, of course, most of the media decided Donald Trump was a racist a long time ago, even though he was never accused of that uh, before. Uh, he became president, and he seemed to be pretty friendly with Jesse Jackson and Al Sharpton. There's pictures out there. He got an award from Jesse Jackson, I think an award from the NAAC. But he will be a racist now for as long as he's uh, living at the White House. And because of that, all criticism of people of color will immediately be considered a result of his racism. Alexandria overrated Cortez... Uh, as much as blamed Nancy Pelosi or accused Nancy Pelosi of racism a few days ago when she said that she found it disturbing that Nancy seemed to be criticizing, are you ready, women of color again. And again, what, what if the women of color deserve to be criticized? The four idiots who make up what has been referred to as the squad now uh, are always going to be women of color. And do you like the chances of them getting smarter anytime soon? Do you think that they'll uh, do and say more things in the next year and a half to deserve criticism? Will they blame any criticism of their stupidity on racism? Well, it won't be any. It'll be all, probably. But what their major accomplishment may end up being is making the word racist, which used to be a lot more powerful before it was overused, become totally meaningless. Which, of course, will make it harder, if not impossible, to have any credibility when there are legitimate cases of racism or racist to be pointed out. Now, I, I don't know if you're aware of this, but um, there's a poll out, uh, a Democrat internal poll, and uh, it was released. Axios uh, released it. They didn't say which poll, which company it was, but uh, 74 percent of voters in the poll uh and uh, uh, recognized who uh, Ocasio-Cortez is, 
and only 22% had a favorable view. 18% had a favorable view of socialism. 69% had an unfavorable view. Then there's a Quinnipiac, Quinnipiac poll out there. 23% uh, are uh, consider uh, Cortez favorable. 39% unfavorable. And only 18% of re- respondents uh, approved of uh, socialism. 50% of respondents disapproved. So the polls are not in the squad's favor either. And when we uh, come back, uh, I'm going to switch gears. We're going to talk with a psychologist who's been studying Google for a long time and has a suggestion about how to reduce its power, and he's going to be testifying in front of Congress tomorrow. Stick around. close to retirement? Experienced a nice Trumponomics bump in your portfolio? Well, we know the market goes up, and unfortunately we also know it goes down. Don't risk your retirement to market whims. Learn how you can lock in those gains today by spending time with the team at Marley Financial. Todd Marley and the experts at Marley Financial can help you design a retirement plan that is bulletproof against the market's ups and downs. The team at Marley Financial uses a multitude of different techniques to make sure that you have a retirement plan that is tax-friendly, stable, and worry-free. Oh, and speaking of tax Did you know that Marley Financial can handle that, too? With all the changes in the tax laws, be sure you're taking advantage of the best possible deduction and make sure you know what adjustments to make for your overall financial picture going forward. Call today for a no-obligation consultation to see just how, for 25 years, the clients at Marley Financial have never had a retirement plan fail. Call 724-884-1496 today. 724-884-1496 or visit them at MarleyFG.com. Are you overwhelmed, unable to think clearly or sleep well at night, or just trudging through each day but not really enjoying your life? I'm a counselor with Faithful Counseling, and that feeling of distress can sometimes be because you're wrestling with a problem that seems too big or too impossible to overcome. Other times, people are consumed by a past hurt. I'm part of a network of Christian counselors, fellow believers, trusted therapists who share your faith. We want to give you a free week so you can try us out. You can begin a conversation with one of us by text or phone, even video conferencing today. Are you ready to shake this off and begin enjoying your life? If it's not for you, cancel during your first week and you'll not pay a dime. Go to TryFaithfulCounseling.com. It's time to talk to someone who can help. Go now to TryFaithfulCounseling.com. It's so easy to get started, and your first week is free. Go now to TryFaithfulCounseling.com. We're talking to Rocky Blyer. He's involved with the Miracle League of Moon Township and the construction of a Miracle League athletic field. The fields are designed to make it possible for kids with special needs to play sports. Every child, no matter what the situation, deserves a chance to be able to play, to compete, and have a place that's safe, takes care of needs, that's organized. This will be the fourth Miracle league field that will be built. Now we got four places to be able to travel, so it broadens the whole interest of sports. It's just terrific for a community to do that. There's a buddy system I thought was pretty impressive. What's that all about? Kids with special needs have a buddy, a child who's in school. It's like having an older brother or sister involved with you, so it's really good in that everybody has human dignity of being able to participate. The website is miraclesinmoon.org. Check it out and let's help make this dream a reality. Hey, Rocky, Thanks, and uh, we'll be talking to you again about this project. Appreciate you coming on to talk about it. Thank you for having me. All right, man. Take it it. easy. Rocky Blyer, and we'll be right back. Imagine doing one thing that gives you an entirely different perspective about your place in the world. Think it would be worth it? Hi, it's Mike Gallagher, inviting you to join me for a 10-day Stand with Israel tour through the land of Israel in December of 2019. Come with me to get firsthand insight into Israel's fascinating past and promising future. We'll learn about the geopolitical, economic, and spiritual dynamics one of the most fascinating places on earth. And you'll share experiences that will change how you view the world. Walk the ancient temple steps. Touch the western wall. Sail on the Sea of Galilee. Pray on the Mount of Beatitudes. The list goes on. Return home inspired, renewed, and empowered. If you've ever dreamed of seeing Israel, this is your chance. Join me for a life-changing adventure to give you a renewed sense of purpose. The 10-Day Stand with Israel Tour, December 2019. Get more details about the trip or sign up now to join Mike Gallagher and Dennis Breaker on the Stand with Israel Tour by going to theanswerpgh.com slash Israel. 
You're listening to the John Steigerwald Show on AM 1250, The Answer. Well, we all know, I think we all know, that uh, Google has way too much power. I've been trying to do my part to help reduce that uh, power by using DuckDuckGo whenever I can. Uh, Dr. Robert Epstein, a psychologist and the former editor-in-chief of Psychology Today, has been doing a lot more than that, and he joins us now. Dr. Epstein, thanks for joining us again. Uh, It's my pleasure, John. So um, I am looking at your tweet right here up on my screen. Uh, I think it was uh, July 10th. I'll shortly be publishing the most important article I've ever written, currently entitled Cutting Google Down to Size. It explains how to end Google's worldwide monopoly on search, the source of Google's limitless power to control humanity permanently. Stay tuned. So I'm tuned, and your article is out. So uh, what, what is your article? Uh, I, I mean, I, I try. Here's, I'm going to be honest with you, doctor. Yeah, I, sure. I read the, the, your article, but I yeah. also saved it and hope to look back at it again so I could ask you some intelligent questions about it today. But when, okay. I, tr- when I tried to read it again, <laughs> I, I was blocked out and asked to pay for it in some kind of English currency. So, oh uh, no, yeah. So I couldn't, I couldn't uh, read it on Bloomberg. So I, I, I'm trying to remember from reading it earlier today to ask you some, some um, intelligent questions about it. But if you think you need to throw something in because I didn't ask you, please do it because it's a great piece. But I just, I don't have it in front of me here. So. Um, I got it. Well, I, I, I can send you a free copy uh, when we're done today. Okay. But, uh, point is that. Uh, this this article uh, is uh, is something I've been trying to I've term, been trying to figure out for a long time. This is taking me seven years to figure out, which is how do you uh, limit the power of a company like Google uh, without without breaking up the search engine? Because you see, you can't break up the search engine. So everyone keeps saying uh, we need to break up Google. Well, yeah, you could take away YouTube from them, sure. Uh, but uh, that's not going to really limit their power in any way. Their power comes through the search engine, which is used by billions of people, and they determine what billions of people will see and won't see, and they determine the order in which you see it. And that's the stuff of mind control. I know because that's what I study in my experiments. The point is I finally, finally figured out how to do it. In fact, Congress could do it. I'll be speaking to Congress uh, tomorrow, as a matter of fact. I'm in D.C. right now. Uh, the FTC could do it, the uh, Department of Justice could do it, the EU could do it, and that is to turn Google's index, which is the big database they have of all the Internet content, and turn it into what's called a public commons. In other words, require Google to, uh, to open up that, that huge, ever-growing database um, to everyone, to the whole world, make it public, make, make it a commons. And there's a lot of precedent for this in law going back hundreds of years, and there's precedent for it even in Google's business practices. Oh, but uh, you, you, what, what is the index? I mean, it's, it's a, I mean, I, I can't go, I can't go up to Google and Look at their index. Uh, th- this is so mysterious to people. People know that they pick up their phone and they Google something, and whatever they whatever they want to find out, it's right there for them. Um, what is the index, and how how does it how did it come out that Google has control of it? Well, Google made it. Okay. Google made it not not because what's in it is their property. It's not their property. They made it by by scraping by stealing. Uh, information, uh, uh, you know, from the internet and putting it into a huge database. And when you go to google.com and type in a search term, uh, their search platform, google.com, checks their huge database, okay, and then using some secret algorithm, it figures out what it's going to show you and it puts the information in a certain order. So the index is the database and Google needs to make the database, not just, uh, you know, uh, an answer to a search, but mm-hmm. they need to make the entire database uh, open to the world. They have to turn it into what's called uh, a public commons. I used to live in Cambridge, Mass., and uh, we had a little park there called the Cambridge Commons, and Boston has a big park called the Boston Commons. And a commons, historically, is a 
usually it's an area of land, although it doesn't have to be land, where where, where everyone can graze, you know, their animals. Uh, and, uh, you know, it's basically made into, into a public space. Their index must become a public space. And when it becomes a public space, then thousands of search platforms will emerge rapidly to compete with Google.com, and that'll be the end of their monopoly on search, and we will we'll have access to, to fabulous search engines, each with its own uh, special emphasis, each catering to different groups, different crowds, exactly the same kind of thing that happens now in, uh, in the space we call media, uh, newspapers, magazines, you know, TV shows, websites, uh, there's thousands of them, and we can choose which ones we want to use, and they're all vying for our attention. That's what will happen with search. Search will become competitive again, as it used to be, and, and we'll pick and choose uh, our search engine, and we'll all get fabulous results because all of the results are being pulled from Google's massive index. That's why Google gives you search results, because its index is massive. It's, it's by far, many, many times over, it's by far the largest uh, you know, database of information on the Internet ever. It's the largest ever. You mentioned DuckDuckGo. DuckDuckGo doesn't even have an index. DuckDuckGo is not really a search engine. DuckDuckGo doesn't really do much searching of the Internet. They just, they're, they're called an aggregator. They just, they just pull information out of databases. Um, much, much better than DuckDuckGo is startpage.com. Start page. Start is the opposite of stop. Startpage.com. Because Startpage is allowed by Google to use Google's index to give you search results. Well, why did it's Google the only, let them use yeah. it? You know, I have talked to people at Startpage, and honestly, I've never gotten a clear answer. They made the deal with them in 2009. It's still going. Google could pull the plug at any time, obviously. But we need thousands of, of, of places like Startpage, thousands of search platforms. That's what the Internet was supposed to be, a place where, you know, that, that levels everything, you know, mm-hmm. everyone's equal. And with Google, there's a simple solution to their worldwide monopoly on search. That's what I published today in, in Bloomberg Business Week. And it's doable. This is actually doable. I've talked to experts in Brussels and London and Washington, D.C. and elsewhere. This can be done, and I'm talking to Congress about it tomorrow when I'll be testifying. Okay, it's, it's technically doable, but is it politically doable? Uh, well, we'll have to see because, you know, there are all kinds of, I mean, there are people on the left and the right right now who are very unhappy with big tech. There's an article that just came out yesterday in the Daily Caller, uh, you know, about Facebook, uh, you know, yeah. suppressing content, not just conservative content, but they're suppressing liberal content as well. And I've, believe me, I've been getting emails for years from progressives and socialists uh, complaining about, you know, their content being uh, suppressed by Google or Facebook or somebody. So, you know, the, the, here's the thing. We just can't allow any one entity, certainly not a private company that's not accountable to the public, we can't allow any one entity to make decisions like that and decide, you know, what billions of people can or cannot see. We can't allow that to happen. So, again, what I'm, what I'm proposing, the way I'm proposing we change Google will solve that problem, at least for Google. Facebook is another problem. Now, um, I'm a conservative, so I'm a small government guy. Um, yep. And um, th- th- should I be feeling okay, comfortable with your idea? Is, is it a, um, I mean, because it's, is it, is it government interference? Is it, is it uh, unprecedented in any way? Oh, it's very. It has lots of precedent. The the most famous precedent is what's called the 1956 consent decree between AT and T and the Department of Justice, that required AT and T to share all of its patents for free with everyone in the world, and that led to an incredible renaissance of innovation in technology. I mean, tremendous benefits from that. So there's lots of precedent for this. And this is, 
this is a light touch. I understand what you're saying about, um, you know, worrying about regulation, but this is a really light touch. Uh, you know, it's, it's, I mean, Google could set this up themselves in about 10 minutes. It's, they just create something called an API and they, they post, you know, the technical information about how, how to access their index through their API and boom, it's done. What? They, 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 they would be praised around the world for taking that step. They could do it themselves. But what happens to their stock price? Well, I actually discussed that in the article because uh, people generally don't follow these things, but Google Google has gone through uh, quite quietly and secretly two corporate reorganizations since 2015. They've known since 2015, which is when the big EU antitrust uh, investigation started against Google, they know that they are in a heap of trouble. And those corporate reorganizations have have moved the major stockholders away from Google <laughs> so that they don't get slammed too badly. Because that, that did happen uh, when AT&T was broken up back in the 1970s or 80s. So, you know, they're, they're preparing for this, this kind of thing to happen. They're preparing for a world in which, uh, you know, they're, they're not gods. They're no longer gods. They, they, they know what's coming and they've been preparing. And we're talking to uh, Dr. Robert Epstein. He's a psychologist who has been uh, studying the issues with Google for a long time, and he's going to testify in front of Congress tomorrow. Do you uh, expect a receptive audience tomorrow? Uh, you know, I'm very nervous, to be honest with you. Uh, I, I, I've never testified before Congress. Uh, I mean, I, I just don't even, I don't know how I'm going to control the butterflies. <laughs> I mean, honestly, yeah. uh, I'm, I'm told, I am told that for this particular hearing, uh, it's possible, uh, that the people who are going to show up for it are, are going to be people who, who are not going to give me a hard time. Mm-hmm. So that's what I'm, that's what I'm told. But, you know, you, you've seen those, you've seen those hearings, you've seen yeah. what can happen. And uh, so I am very, I'm quite nervous, really. Well, the, uh, is, is this, you mentioned that there are uh, liberals and conservatives both uh, have issues with Google. But is this idea of yours, is this something that's going to be equally accepted by conservatives and liberals? Or is there one side that's going to be more likely to not give you trouble tomorrow? Well, here's, here's the crazy thing, okay? Uh, at the moment, the reason why Congress can't really act against these big tech companies is because the big tech companies support Democrats. Mm-hmm. So the Democrats, no matter what their reservations, they just won't work with the Republicans on this. And Republicans don't like regulation, too. So they're kind of been stuck. Um, this might bring them together because, again, when I'm what I'm proposing here is a very light touch, and uh, it's possible. You know, let's put it this way. If we don't do this or something like it, then democracy is just an illusion. Because do you know how many votes these big tech companies can shift in 2020? Oh, we talked to you about that the last time you were on. Millions. Fifteen million votes, which, yeah. which means the, the election is just, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's just a, a kind of joke. Right. And, uh, and they can do that without, you know, unless, they're, unless, unless I'm allowed to build more monitoring systems, you know, because there are none, and I'm the only one who's ever built them, <laughs> without monitoring systems in place, um, you know, they, they'll pick the winner of next year's election, believe me, and they will not hold back as they did in the past. They won't hold back. So, you know, you've got to bring these companies under control. And the fact is, I think the Democrats, you know, they're waking up. Even though they're getting all that support, you know, do they really want to make democracy meaningless? Do they really do they really want the, the free and fair election uh, to be an illusion? I hope not. Well, I'm, just, I mean, just for, you know, for their own selfish purposes, good right. grief. I, I'm uh, completely out of time. I'm up against a hard break. i got about 15 seconds. Good luck on your testimony tomorrow. Thanks for being with us. I appreciate it a lot. Thank you. Always a pleasure. All right. Dr. Robert Epstein, and we will be back with federal government stupidity. Stick around.
With SRN News, I'm Keith Peters in Washington. The Trump administration has dramatically ramped up efforts to keep fewer migrants from crossing the southern border. The administration is moving to end asylum protections for most Central American migrants. A new rule expected to go into effect tomorrow says any asylum seekers who first pass through another country will be ineligible for asylum in the U.S., though there will be exceptions, such as for migrants who've been trafficked. Current law says refugees can request asylum here regardless of how they arrive, also with exceptions. The administration's new policy will almost certainly face legal challenges, as have its earlier bids to send asylum seekers back over the border and keep some detained while their cases play out. Sagar Magani at the White House. On Wall Street, the Dow by 27 points, the Nasdaq rose 14, the S&P up a fraction. This is SRN News. Are you a stock or options trader looking for real trading strategies that you can use immediately? Hi, my name is Scott Bauer, CEO of Prosper Trading Academy, and I'm on a mission to become the number one options coach in America. I'm a former vice president at Goldman Sachs. I have over 25 years of options trading experience, and right now, I'm giving away my most famous options guide with over 20 unique options strategies that I use every day for free. You can't buy this guide anywhere. To claim your free options trading guide, simply call 855-892-2307 now and mention my name, Scott Bauer, and we will rush you the guide. Call 855-892-2307 and someone from my options team will help you get this guide in your inbox as quickly as possible. Call 855-892-2307 now and start learning to trade the right way. Call 855-892-2307. 2307 Prosper with options. Stocks and options trading involves financial risk and is not suitable for all investors. Hugh Hewitt has campaign advice for the president. The president needs to go back to his 2016 tactics of talking to everyone at length one-on-one. What he did in 2016 and 15, it's why he won. He's got to go back on the radio. He's got to go back on CNN. He was on with Chuck Dodd. He's got to do every show. Give him an hour to dominate television again. The Hugh Hewitt Show. Weekday mornings at 6, right before Mike Gallagher at 9 on AM 1250. The answer. Are you worried that the next market downturn could rob you of your wealth and your security? Are you concerned that your lifetime may last longer than your life savings? You don't have to be. For over 30 years, Gary Hunt has advocated for strong retirement principles, helping families in Allegheny and Westmoreland generate more income while protecting their retirement funds. And Gary now offers retirement-minded savers and investors a free book so you can better understand what it takes to structure a more stable, secure, and confident retirement. Call Gary Hunt and request your copy of Income Allocation. 844-366-HUNT. That's 844-366-4868. Community Bank, City Mission, Number One Cochrane, Highmark Stadium, Peters Township Community Center, Angelo's Restaurant. What do all these businesses have in common? Nello Construction, design and build with one company. Nello Construction, full service construction from the ground up. Renovation, expansion. Nello Construction, the choice for business. See the projects, begin the journey at NelloConstruction.com. This is Chris Abernethy of Abernethy and Hagerman. You don't want the government deciding what happens to your estate or how much they will take. At Abernethy and Hagerman, estate administration is the heart and soul of our practice. We have the experience to help not only plan, but administer your estate properly. To protect your assets, minimize taxes, and ensure that your inheritance gets to the ones you love. Decide for yourself. Abernethy and Hagerman. Legal help that lasts a lifetime. Visit a-h.law. Do you or your business have financial problems? Are you overwhelmed with debt? Then call me, Attorney Dennis Spire at 412-471-7675. My legal practice concentrates on bankruptcy law, debtor rights, and tax matters. I have over 30 years' experience as a former United States Department of Justice bankruptcy attorney and lawyer in private practice. I have represented thousands of cases faced with financial problems and lawsuits. Reorganize and get a fresh start. Call 412-471-7675 or visit my website at DennisSpira.com. Stuck in traffic? We've got the answer. Outbound on the Parkway East, you see a lot of delays from Boulevard of the Allies up to just past Edgewood Swissdale. Disabled vehicle is off to the shoulder there. Parkway North slows down outbound McKnight Road up to Union Avenue. North on 79, it's heavy from the Parkway North to 910. Inbound 28, accident now cleared at the Highland Park Bridge. Still seeing a bit of a delay, though. Outbound Liberty Bridge also looking at some heavy volume. That's a look at traffic. I'm Jenny Robinson. AM 1250, the answer, weather. Partly cloudy for tonight, more humid with the low 68. 
Then tomorrow, look for mainly cloudy skies with an afternoon thunderstorm in spots, warm and muggy with the high 84. Cloudy and steamy with a couple of showers around tomorrow night. Low will be near 70. It'll remain steamy Wednesday with clouds and some soaking showers and thunderstorms around thanks to Barry moving through the area. High 82. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Frank Strait. This is the John Stacker Show on AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The answer. Well, you know, we could probably do a, a segment here every day on a different stupid federal law. And if we did, we'd be copying the idea of Mike Chase. He's a criminal defense attorney who can be found on Twitter at Crime A Day. He tweets a federal crime every day, and he's written a book called How to Become a Federal Criminal. Mike joins us now. Mike, thanks for being here. Hey, thanks for having me. So I see in your bio that you're counting uh, every federal crime on the books. Uh, Two questions. Why (laughs) and how many do you expect to find? Well, the the why is because the DOJ, the Department of Justice, tried to do it in the 80s, and they spent two years doing it, and everybody was like, all right, well, the DOJ is going to give us a number. And at the end of two years, the DOJ said, all right, big news, everybody, we quit. Uh, it's too hard. We don't know the answer. We think it's probably a few thousand. But uh, conservative estimates put it the number at tens of thousands. But some estimates say that I'm probably going to end up counting 300,000 federal crimes. So I've got about 800 uh, years left to go. Wow. No, but wait a minute, because the, these people who counted it and gave up, they came back and, uh, and probably responsible for passing a few thousand more laws over the next how many years? Yeah, sure. I mean, you know, that's what you got to do, right? I mean, you got to stop counting so you can start making more law. Um, yeah. And and when you're in the enforcement business, uh, it's a good thing to have more of these uh, these rules and regulations that actually turn criminal and can catch you uh, unaware. Yep. So you're talking about hundreds of thousands of laws that that goes back to I, what 1789? Would that one was that when federal laws began? You know, what's funny is if you look at the United States Constitution, which uh, is good to do every once in a while, if if you go back to the beginning, there were just three crimes mentioned, not even created, mentioned. And and the founders said, all right, look, the federal government's going to have limited powers. Why don't we have uh, treason? Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) treason, that'll be a crime. Counterfeiting, that'll be one. And oh, yeah, you can't be a pirate. And for a long time, that was sort of the limit of federal crimes. And then ultimately, over the years, Congress said, you know what, we really have gotten good at partisan bickering and not doing anything. Right. So why don't we give our lawmaking power over to, uh, to agencies, federal agencies, and let them do the rulemaking? And, and oh, yeah, by the way, if you break any of those rules, that's a federal crime. And so that's how we ended up with 300,000 federal crimes on the books. And then, of course, you have to have a Federal Bureau of Investigation uh, to investigate all those federal crimes that are being committed. Naturally, and, and then funny enough, there was actually a time not that long ago when the FBI went to Congress and said, hey, <laughs> Congress, uh, here's some laws that we don't want. Uh, we don't even <laughs> want to prosecute them. For example, we're not that interested in prosecuting people for pretending to be a member of 4-H. You guys can have that one. Uh, we're not so concerned about misusing the cartoon character Woods the Owl or his slogan, give a hoot, don't pollute. We don't, we don't want that one anymore. Um, well, you don't want people running around <laughs> saying, give a who don't pollute without some yeah. kind of uh, unsanctioned. <laughs> yeah, for other reasons. I mean, yeah, they yeah. might they might put you someplace yeah. <laughs> uh, if you go around right yeah. saying that. But yeah, wow. So that that's so that's just one. I mean, I I I uh, I, I, I didn't. I especially now that you've told me that there's eight hundred thousand of them. I, I'm not even going to begin to try to ask you. Why don't you just run down some of your favorites? You just listed a couple right there. Well, so in the in the book and how to become a federal criminal, which is which is out now, I, I go through all different categories of crimes that you can commit. So I go through all the crimes in mail, animals, money, food, alcohol, on federal property, on the high seas, and and, and all kinds of other ways. So by mail, you can become a federal criminal. We all know smashing a mailbox. That one we, yeah. we don't have to admit to anything on the air about our childhood. Right. Um, but but I can say that dressing up like a postman, if you're not one, that's a federal crime. Uh, be, un, as far as animals go, uh, if you shoot a fish from an airplane, uh, I say you should be able to keep it because, yeah, hey, if you can pick a, a, a fish off from the air, hell of a great. shot. 
Yeah, exactly. But that's a federal crime. When it comes to money, um, you know, a lot of people think that if you put a, a nickel on the uh, railroad tracks and flatten it, that you're committing a federal crime. You're not. But if you leave the country with more than $25 worth of nickels in your pocket, that's a federal crime, and you can get up to five years in prison for it. Wow. And there are lots and lots of others. You know, I go to Canada all the time. I have, uh, I, I've been going there since I was a kid, and uh, I'm going to test that one. Like, uh, when, when I, you know, when you go through, they say, uh, you have anything to declare? I'm going to say, I have $26 in nickels. <laughs> In well, the, keep me trunk. on speed dial. Yeah, keep me on speed dial just in case you you get detained at the border. I'll I'll come meet you. Well, the thing is, it would be coming back because in Canada, I don't know if they have that law. If, if it would have to be, they'd have to catch me coming back into the states. So, I'd, if they say, "Do you have anything to declare?" I would say, "Well, I'm bringing back the twenty six dollars in nickels that I took out with me," and then they might <laughs> they might arrest me. Um, I but here's the thing, uh, and. Uh, if the, the, to pass a law, you just don't get to decree you know, that you're not allowed to take more than $25 worth of nickels out of the country. There's a process. Somebody had to step up somewhere and say, you know, we've got to stop this nickel thing. And you know, that, how did that happen? Well, that, that's a funny thing that you say that because that's what we all learn in grade school and that's what we learn from Schoolhouse Rock and it's what we expect to be the lawmaking process in the United States. Article 1, Section 1 of the United States Constitution says Congress has the lawmaking power. But uh, unfortunately, over the years, Congress, like I said, they got really busy with you know, uh, doing media hits and they got busy yeah. with partisan you know, infighting. And so what they ended up doing was going, you know, saying, hey, regulators, you can make all the details of our laws, and we'll pass a very broad law that says, hey, it's a federal crime to violate any uh, any regulation passed by the Treasury. Well, the Treasury then passes a regulation that says, all right, uh, more than $25 worth of nickels, more than $25 worth of quarters, they can't leave the country. And they just published that in the the, the federal register, and that becomes a rule. And yeah, you can comment on it. I mean, at the time that the nickel regulation was coming about, people said, hey, look, uh, I think you should just get rid of nickels entirely because they're a, a waste of pocket space and they're right. the worst coin. But ultimately, what ended up happening is that rule went into effect after a period of about uh, you know 60 days, and it's now a permanent rule, and it has the force of law, and that's how we end up with hundreds of thousands of federal crimes. And by the way, they got rid of pennies in Canada, so I uh, I, don't, I think the nickel is next, but the, you can't. There are no pennies in Canada. Uh, well, you're good with you're good to leave the country with the pennies. I mean, maybe the country yeah. doesn't. Maybe the government doesn't want them. I don't know. We're talking to Mike Chase. He's the author of a book called "How to Become a Federal Criminal." You can find him on Twitter at Crime a Day. Um, so um, I I think I saw somewhere that it's also uh, against the law to feed garbage to a pig. Well, it depends on what garbage you're talking about. If, you, if, if you've got certain garbage, that's probably fine. If it just comes out of your out of your kitchen, it's okay. But any other garbage, particularly garbage that travels in interstate commerce, has to be heated to a boil before you can feed it to a pig. And, and of course, it's to, to, to prevent disease. But here's the interesting part. Not just anybody can kick, cook, uh, cook garbage for a pig. You have to have a garbage cooking license issued by the federal government. You need a permit. <laughs> Sure. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Operate a lemonade stand and to cook garbage for a pig. Now, yeah. uh, um, again, th this stuff this stuff has been going on for a long time. Uh, how much um, in investigating did you do about the history of these things? I mean, like the, the thing with the nickels, um, was that done when a nickel was worth a lot more than it is now? Because would it, would it be more like, you know, $2,500 in nickels if, if, uh, if they passed it today? Well, I don't think that they were worth all that much back when the rule was passed because it was about 2005 oh, when that rule come was on. passed. But I do go through uh, all of the history of these laws, and I, I, I go through legislative history for some of the older and more arcane ones, even uh, even congressional debate and transcripts from the hearing of the House of Representatives when uh, some of these more ridiculous laws were, were getting put into place. And so, yeah, if you go through each one of these chapters, not only will I talk about the law, I also include include illustrations. So remember, it's an illustrated handbook for the aspiring offender. So I've got pictures that show you how each one of these crimes would be committed. And I also talk about people who've been prosecuted for things like uh, bartering for flamingos and uh, people who've been uh, criminally prosecuted for other more ridiculous so, things. So there are people, are there people right now serving time for having bartered for a flamingo? 
I think that guy's out by now. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think the judge probably went easy on him. Um, but yeah, there are people that are in, in prison for all sorts of things. I mean, granted, it's it's a smaller percentage of the overall federal dockets. They're not full of margarine crimes and nickel crimes and people selling grated cream cheese, also a federal crime, which I tell you how to do in the book. Wait a minute. Um, wait a minute. Stop you there. <laughs> grated cream cheese. I know grated Parmesan cheese. How do you oh, sure. grate? How do you grate cream cheese? It's kind of soft and I don't know. How do you do that? John, the government doesn't care whether it's impossible to grate cream cheese or not. They're just not allowed somebody, to do it. Somebody somewhere decided, let's go ahead and prohibit it. I, I personally think that it's enough of a federal crime to have to clean a cheese grater, uh, yeah, no matter right. who you are. But the federal government says maybe you should also get some prison time if you do it, too. Well, you know, um, I, I could actually, now that I'm thinking about it, I could probably, if I sat down, I could come up with a lot of things that I would like to make a federal crime. Oh yeah, you know, um, like uh, playing your uh, playing, uh, having your speakerphone on really loud, so I have to listen to it. That, that's a good one. That's yeah. a good one. I mean, that I could see that like life in prison for that, but you know, yeah. you don't get to do it that way. So you have to have it has to be uh, some bureaucrat in D.C. has to has to um, you know come up with the idea. Um, <laughs> so. Uh, What's the most ridiculous ridiculous law? I mean, you've, I don't know if you can top the ones you've already mentioned here, but do you have <laughs> do you have a favorite? You You're know, allowed I, to mention I'm, one of the ones you just mentioned, but I do I do like food crimes. I'm very partial to to cheese crimes. I always have been. You know, look, selling Swiss cheese without holes in it. Yeah, uh, I, I I love that one. I'm also a big fan, really big fan of the fact that uh, fruit cocktail, and I support this law by the way. Fruit cocktail must be a minimum of 2% cherries. Because if you get <laughs> under-cherried fruit cocktail, you really are being ripped. You've off. been cheated. Now, is yeah. that's a, you're you're serious that is a that is a federal law. Oh sure. And oh yeah. I'm going to so so I I could go out and buy a a can of uh, fruit cocktail and mm-hmm. I could sort through the fruit and count the pieces and if I find that there are only like there's 1% cherries who do I go see about that? Well, technically, you're a crime victim, so you should just call the U.S. Attorney's Office right away, and uh, maybe they'll get an investigation. But, but remember, it's not just cherries. It's got to be at least 30% peaches, 25% pears, 6% pineapples, 6% grapes, and 2% cherries. And I'll give you the breakdown in the book so that you'll know if you have a case or not. And the, and the book is called How to Become a Federal Criminal, and the author is right here with us now, Mike Chase. I, I, this is tremendous. Uh, um, if You know, if you... If you allow rules like this to um, appear on the books and become official, you deserve to have somebody call up, call you up and say, hey, I demand uh, that you come down here and take care of me. I have just I've come across a, a, a can of fruit cocktail. It only has 22 percent peaches in it. That's <laughs> true. Well, it's funny that you say that because that's actually exactly what happened with the federal law involving dressing up like a postal worker. Is when they first passed the law, Congress said nobody, no matter who you are, if you're not a postal worker, it's a crime to wear the postal uniform. And then what ended up happening was there's a congressional transcript which I cite in the book where the the general counsel of the postal service went to Congress and said, "Guys, we've been getting bombarded by people from community theater groups who want to do plays where they're." dressed up like postal workers and we have to tell them they can't because we don't have an exception and yeah. so in the 90s they they or the 70s they put into place an exception which allowed people to uh, dress up like postal workers but you can dress up as a cop because that's not a fa- or, 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 I, I, could you could you be accused of being dressed up like an fbi agent like by wearing a really nice suit or something well, sure. I mean, you, you certainly could. I mean, there are false impersonation statutes on the on the books like crazy. But the one specific, well, the, the the one specific uniform that they ban is the uniform of postal workers. But you also can't pretend to be a member of 4-H. So I don't think that little green kerchief is gonna is gonna help you out very much. Now, either. what what do you suppose the reason would be for being a federal crime to to pretend to be a member of 4-H. I don't know if I'd even want to admit to being a member of 4-H coming from a, well, not coming from a farming community, you know. 
Yeah, well, when I was a kid, I, I used to pretend not to be a member of 4-H because that's what my mom made me do. Uh, but but I'll tell you that the reason is probably because there were funds coming from the federal government to support 4-H, interest in agriculture. And for whatever reason uh, it was, is that there were some probably monetary benefits coming from the government. But, uh, you know, as time has passed, Congress has done nothing about taking that off the books. And, and it has left these various statutes that are vague, overbroad, and outdated on the books that are still technically federal crimes. Do you have, uh, uh, do you include any serious stupid laws? In other words, laws that really might affect somebody that are really stupid that should be taken, you know, taken off the books. You know, the truth is all of these laws were not put into place just because people were being ridiculous or trying to tell a joke in the in the U.S. code. I mean, they're all generally geared towards some harm that lingers out there. So feeding garbage to a pig, yeah, they don't want people to get sick because of some sort of disease that has passed, uh, you know, passed through the through the garbage. But but ultimately, I, I talk about the more unexpected and more ridiculous examples uh, in the book, and, and I try to make it very clear that part of the problem is not necessarily that there should be no rule, but maybe these things shouldn't be crimes. And Congress has been lazy in letting these things become crimes. Well, Mike, uh, I really appreciate you being here. It's uh, Mike Chase. He's the author of a book called How to Become a Federal Criminal. You can check him out at Crime A Day on um, on Twitter. It's at Crime A Day, and you will see a stupid crime every day. And, Mike, in honor of you, I'm going to go out right now and pretend that I'm a postman. Hey, I can't hear that. Okay, I can't legally participate in that. <laughs> thanks, thanks for having me, John. Thanks for being here. We'll be right back. Recent storms have done a number on Pittsburgh homes and businesses. This is John Steigerwald. If you've had damage to your roof, windows, siding, or gutters and downspouts, you may be eligible to get them replaced or repaired free of charge. All you have to do is visit WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com for a free inspection from one of their highly trained appraisers. With over 50 years in home remodeling, Windows R Us is the area's premier exterior replacement company for roofs, siding, gutters and downspouts, doors, and, of course, windows. If damage isn't your issue and you just want something new, you'll love their no-pressure approach, no hidden fees, and one of the fastest turnaround times in the industry. Why pay twice as much with other companies? Visit the area's premier exterior replacement company at windowsoruspittsburgh.com. Mention STAG for an additional 10% off at windowsoruspittsburgh.com. That's windowsoruspittsburgh.com. Windows R Us. Proud sponsor of the Jerk of the Week, heard every Friday right here on the John Steigerwald Show. WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com. You watch what you eat. You're hitting the gym. You're doing your best to live a healthy life. But did you know that a bad night's sleep and a bad mattress can have a big impact on your health? Here at the Original Mattress Factory, our hand-built mattresses made of the highest quality materials provide the comfort and support needed to provide healthy sleep for years to come. To learn more about how the right mattress can help you achieve healthy sleep habits, visit OriginalMattress.com or stop by an Original Mattress Factory store near you. The gimmicks, the flashy sales, and the big markups. Mattress stores have made the mattress shopping experience confusing on purpose. Ron Trzinski started the Original Mattress Factory to create a better way. He raised the bar on quality, offered hand-built mattresses for a fraction of the cost, and ditched the high-pressure sales tactics all to create a better mattress buying experience for you. You could say he was the original disruptor. Stop by an Original Mattress Factory store or visit us at OriginalMattress.com to see the OMF difference for yourself. A couple of weeks ago, we had Rocky Blyer here to talk about his work with Miracle League in Moon Township. Fields for athletes with special needs. Jim Leland, the Pirates' former manager, is also involved in that project. Jim, thanks for being here. Great to be here, John. Great to talk to you. Tell me about the Miracle League of Moon Township. It's just a great thing for these kids, and it's a wonderful opportunity for people to participate. Some people are a little less fortunate than others, and I think it's just a great opportunity opportunity for people to volunteer and to help out and put a smile on somebody's face. I've seen the field that they put out in Upper St. Clair. It's amazing. Oh, it's unbelievable. The way they construct these things, they have the ramps and everything for the kids. It takes a little stress off the parents. I think it's what Pittsburgh's all about. It's just a great thing. It'll serve Montour, West Allegheny, Moon, Swickley, Weirton, Steubenville, Beaver County, and surrounding communities. Approximately 100 to 200 children will be eligible to participate, and it'll also serve adults with special needs. So it's a great cause. And if you 
you'd like to see how you can help, maybe donate some money, check it out at miraclesinmoon.org. Miraclesinmoon.org. We'll be right back. Did you buy into the timeshare lies? I can tell you that I had a four-year experience with a timeshare corporation who did nothing but lie to me. That swapping locations was easy? They made this sound that this would be a really good deal that I could go anywhere, anytime I wanted to. That never worked out. Timeshare lies. Thousands of timeshare owners know the feeling. I'm Chuck McDowell, founder of Wesley Financial Group. Ten years ago, I worked for the largest timeshare company in the world. When I learned the truth about what they were selling, I quit my job and instead became the pioneer in helping folks get out of their timeshare contracts legally. I understand that trusting anyone after buying a timeshare is a difficult task. That's why I guarantee if we can't cancel your timeshare contract, you'll pay nothing. For a free information kit on how to cancel your timeshare, call Wesley Financial Group now. 800-656-1551. 800-656-1551. 800-656-1551. Warning, listening to this program may expose you to toxic masculinity. The John Steigerwald Show on AM 1250. The answer. Speaking of uh, toxic masculinity, I came across two interesting stories today I'll finish up with here. One is a, a, a Christian doctor in, in the UK was fired after saying he could not refer to any six foot tall bearded man as madam. Imagine what kind of an insane person would have that kind of an idea. But uh, that's what Dr. David Macareth told a panel, and then he was fired. That's the uh, National Health Service, I think, in uh, Great Britain now. Uh, then this comes out. There's a book about to come out. A whistleblower from Britain's only NHC, NHS gender clinic for children said, I'm really angry at what's happening to these children. What I've witnessed feels incredibly distressing and disturbing and like something that should be stopped. And some one of the things that or some of the things that are uh, coming out in this book uh, and it's coming out in a few weeks. Uh, doctors are failing to tell young people that they are sacrificing their chance to have children by taking powerful sex-changing drugs. Uh, psychologists are scared to question transgender ideology. Christ, uh, clinicians who resist diagnosing children as transgender face accusations of transphobia. Imagine that. And Britain's only NHS child gender service is failing to acknowledge other reasons for youngsters wanting to change sex, such as autism. And teenagers who have normal feelings of discomfort with their bodies are being classified as transgender. We've talked about this with other people here on the show, including Dr. Van Meter, who's an endocrinologist, a pediatric endocrinologist. But one of the authors of the book, Dr. Bell, uh, said that uh, the figures are unbelievable. 2,980 children were uh, were diagnosed as transgender in the last year, and then uh, as of two, 2009, the figure was below 100. It's insanity, and it's worldwide and coming to us, if it's not already here. Talk to you tomorrow. The John Steigerwall Show is a production of AM 1250, The Answer, and Salem Media Group. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.